you would take your Bibles this morning, I want to preach, bring to you the word of the Lord. And um, there's so many verses that I could read from in text this morning, but uh, I would like you to go uh, with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and I will begin with verse 8. Read verse 9 and verse 10. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This morning I want to preach about grace. I want to preach about grace. And I want you to pray and let's ask God to touch our hearts today and help us to receive of the Lord what he would want us to hear today. Would you just lift your voices to the Lord? Father, we come to you with open hearts today. We ask you to speak into our lives, Lord, our hearts. Help us to receive what you want us to today. God, we thank you for the word that is alive and well. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Amen to God. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2 is what I drew from for our, our text today. And I of course, read to you about the grace of God. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. He wrote in in Ephesians chapter 2, he shared somewhat about grace. The Bible talks about our salvation. He, He talked about these things. He talked about what we have become. And how that we are his workmanship and uh, what the Lord has done for us. I would like to begin with verse 1 in that same chapter and and, uh, carry further um, some of the thought that he was sharing. He says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's what you were. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, at the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. I find that interesting that uh, Paul would uh, refer to the prince and the power of the air, because later in chapter 6, in verse 12, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, 
against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How interesting it is that he referenced more than once about what is was working in us and is working now in who he called the children of disobedience, among whom also, in, back in chapter 2 and verse 3, we had... In, uh, let me read again. Among whom also we all had our conversation, that is a word meaning behavior, in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God... But God, amen. You realize that there were many things that you did by nature. Uh, a child can be, uh, can be taken out of all, uh, influences, outside influences except for good. But even with, without bad influences around them, it's amazing how a child can learn how to lie. A child can learn how to do things. It's just in the nature. It's in the nature of everyone. And the Bible says, by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy. Aren't you glad that he is rich in mercy? For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. In parentheses it says, by grace are you saved. Verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, You realize that grace is more than just for now. Grace, my friend, has far-reaching effect. The riches of his mercy and his grace is going to cause us to experience the benefits of that in ages to come. This life is as but a vapor which appeareth but for a moment, and then vanisheth away. In comparison to eternity, what have we got to do except just to give ourselves to him for a little while, and we will have eternal benefits. Amen. And so the Bible says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. You're not just saved by grace now, but there is the benefits of his grace that is going to be forever. Amen. The Lord is going to show us the exceeding, everybody say exceeding, the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. And then my text, for by grace 
are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Often quoted by many, it says, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, listen, unto good works. That simply means this, that there is works after salvation. I'm not saved by works, but works is produced in me, amen, because of his grace that has come to me, amen, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. And so when people come along and they say, oh, uh, uh, you don't have to do that because we're not saved by works. You're making works uh, as part of a salvation. No, my friend, I'm saved by grace, uh, but I am doing works uh, because of what he's done for me. Uh, It has produced in me a desire to please him. Amen. And to do things um, uh, and the works that do follow. Um, I'm glad to know that today. Can you say amen? Um, And so grace has far reaching effect um, in my life. Um, You would think that a setting in order of my life would be enough. Um, Once done, never again. Um, However, our flesh has a tendency to go astray. And we must keep it in check. It's like building a fence and then a farmer will go and check that fence. You built it well, but there is erosion over time. The growth of brush and the livestock trying to eat the greener grass on the other side. It has a degenerative effect to the condition of the fence. Therefore, regular checking of the fence along with necessary repairs keeps the cattle in the pasture where they belong. The livestock on the right side of the fence. I'm glad to know that God has given us the ability to check our lives and realize that once I am saved, I need to continue. Amen. Checking my life that I may continue walking in the blessings of his grace in my life. And so when I read to you from chapter 2, and I read to you about how that by grace are you saved, and I read about the exceeding riches of his grace, and that it is the gift of God. Oh, how important it is for me to know that his grace is abundant grace, and it's able to help me today. Galatians chapter 5, I read to you in verse 4 a phrase from this verse. He is writing, and in the context of that, he says, Christ, he writes to them, has become of no effect. To you, uh, whosoever you are justified by law, ye are fallen from grace. Uh, one cannot 
earn salvation. We are saved by grace. We fall on his grace. It is freely given. Amen. And so I want to fall upon his grace. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 through 17, we read in verse 14, it says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking Diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. I'm in Hebrews 11, and uh, rather chapter 12, um, and now verse 16. Um, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat uh, sowed his birthright. Uh, for you know th- how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing uh, He was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. This, my friend, is found in the New Testament. I'm reading to you a reference that the writer of Hebrews wrote. He wrote the importance of us following peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. And he uses as reference to that lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sowed his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. How important it is that we guard ourselves against losing the benefits of his grace. When I, my, my son Chris lives in Rhode Island and we have been there a few times, plan on going again in the month of May because Rena is going to graduate from high school and we want to go and be with them and celebrate her graduation, our first grandchild to graduate. And uh, we want to go there. But we have been to Rhode Island a few times and we have gone to Newport, which is a, a magnificent uh, community and it has a very rich uh, old history in the United States, but it has a very rich history of wealthy people. Uh, if you've ever been to Rockcliffe Mansion, Rockcliffe Mansion is a baby mansion compared to the mansions that are in that community. And uh, you can just drive down one after another on both sides of the street in these beautiful, magnificent mansions. And then you come to uh, the, the one that the Vanderbilt's 
built and and uh it's open for visits and you walk through and it's just it just blows your mind how that they lived and that was just a home that they lived for a few weeks in the summertime and they would bring they were rich in uh in in train business and railroads and and uh they would bring one train up uh with their servants and their supplies and everything and they would come and live there in that beautiful mansion for a few weeks of the summer catching the breeze off of the ocean and and uh it's just, it just it just amazes me and i walk through and i think they lived like this there was actually a beautiful uh beautiful uh home or house out in the front and uh it, it, this this house was the playhouse for the children and i walked in there i said playhouse this is this is a place i would live you know be glad to and and uh it was just an amazing thing but uh, the vanderbilts as rich as they were all the mansions that they owned and their children inherited it and and after just uh, a few years um, uh, the Vanderbilts had no money. They tore down mansions. They, the money was, was gone and it was over. But the Rockefellers, another rich people, uh, by oil and the, their investments, um, uh, it is said that today the Rockefeller, the Rockefeller uh, wealth is still benefiting their family. It was invested wisely. It was protected in trust. And today, several generations later, they're still benefiting the family. They still have wealth. They're still rich. And, and uh, how important it was to look at the comparison, to realize that the Vanderbilt uh, wealth uh, is gone, but the Rockefeller wealth is still there. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, you've been given something very wealthy. You've been given something than very rich. You can't just say, ah, oh, so what? Uh, I don't care. My son told me, he said, dad, he said, there's a, there's a, a place that you can go to. And he says, when you go into this city, it is old wealth. He said, it's old wealth. Uh, generations um, have given their wealth to the young and, and uh, they don't have to work and they just, uh, they just live off the wealth and, and uh, they're rich people. And he, he says, there's a certain air in that city. You would think that people would be happy and they'd be smiling, but he says, it's not that way. Um, uh, you almost, you don't want to even be around that. Uh, uh, they don't understand uh, this generation that has the money. They didn't have to work for it. It was just given to them, but they don't know how to appreciate it. Uh, they don't know how to live in the joy that you think would come with that. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, uh, we are rich today. Uh, we're rich in grace. Uh, we're rich in mercy. Uh, amen. Uh, and the Lord has just given it to us. Uh, but what he did was you weren't born into this uh, in a sense that you never knew what it was to live out there. Uh, no, my friend, he reached down in the pit that you was in uh, and he said, look, if you want it, uh, I'm going to clean you up uh, and I'm going to set you in high places uh, and I'm going to bless you. Uh, do you remember when you first came out uh, and how it was when you walked with him? Uh, I want you to know you don't need to forget. Uh, you don't need to ever forget. 
forget what he's done for you. Aren't you glad that we can have the great joy, amen, that he has brought to our life? Second Peter 1 and 9 says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten gotten that he was purged from his old sins. Oh friend don't you ever forget what it's like. Amen. Don't you forget that you used to be out there but you're blessed today. He cleaned your life up. He blessed you. He transformed you and it's none other than the grace of God. Would you clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm glad for his grace. The Bible lets me know that I stand in grace. In Romans 5 and verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28, I am given grace to serve, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You see, grace is more than just to save you. Grace, my friend, will help you serve. Grace fits every facet of your walk with God. Amen. In Titus chapter 2, any verse 11 and verse 12. Oh, listen to this important verse. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Listen, grace is your teacher, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Oh, are you hearing me? I'm telling you that grace, grace is teaching me. Grace is helping me. It's teaching me. In Jude chapter 1, there's one chapter, verse 4. Jude verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men. What are they doing? Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. That means lawlessness. And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. What are they turning that 
into that. They're taking the grace of God and they're saying it don't matter. You can do whatever you want because you're saved. Amen. Uh, Jennifer Jones, you was uh, your grandpa Keller used to tell this. He said he remembered when he was in the world before he got saved. He said, he says he had a drinking problem. And uh, he would be at the bar. He says, I was sitting at the bar by a man. And he says, the man beside him looked at uh, Andrew Keller. And he said, I'll tell you the difference between me and you. I'm saved and you're not. Andrew Keller looked at him. He says, you're drinking the same kind of beer I'm drinking. You're no more saved than I am. Andrew Keller at least had the good sense, uh, even when he was in the world, uh, amen, to understand uh, that you, when you're saved, uh, you're changed. Uh, there's a change that comes to you. Uh, oh, you hear me? Uh, I'm telling you, you can't take uh, what God gave you uh, and go on your merry way in the world uh, un- unchanged, uh, and there's nothing that happens, uh, but when grace comes into your life, uh, it'll pick you up. Uh, it'll Turn you around. It'll put your feet on a right way. Can you say amen? Woo! If I'm too loud, turn me down because I'm excited this morning preaching about the grace of God. Amen. Let me read it again. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world that's what grace teaches me it's teaching me we need to live Different than we were before. I read verse 4 of Jude again. For there are certain men crept in unawares. Friend, I'm going to tell you, there are those that will tell you, it don't matter. You're saved. You can do those things. You're saved. But the Bible says there's some that's going to teach that. And they're going to teach that ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. Lasciviousness means lawlessness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me make a statement. Grace is unmerited but it is not unconditional. Amen. You can have grace this morning. Grace will pick you up. Grace listens to the cry of a man or woman that says, God, forgive me. I have fallen and I can't get up. Grace will come and reach way down and pick you up. It'll help you. It'll deliver you. It'll set you free. Woo! I'm telling you, that's what God can do. And even after you start walking with God, if you've ever been to uh, Sight and Sound Theater in uh, Branson. Um, 
they, uh, the, the time before Esther, they had Jesus. Um, and uh, that's that's what the, uh, the drama was called, was Jesus. It was about the Lord and his ministry. And uh, one of the scenes was when he walked on the water. And, and uh, the waves, uh, uh, and it's amazing what they can do on that stage. But the waves were there, and, and Peter's on the boat, and he says, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out of that boat, and he started across that uh, uh, on the water. But when he looked around, all of a sudden he began to sink, and he went out of sight. Those of you who saw that, he goes out of sight. And I love that scene because Jesus just reached down, amen, and he picked up, and Peter just is on top of the water again. I'm telling you, that's where some of you are today. You started the walk, but you have begun to sink. I'm telling you, you need to do the same thing that G- that Peter did. Jesus, have mercy. Amen. And Jesus will reach way down, and he'll pick you up, and you'll be back on the water again. But this time, you'll be holding his hand. You'll be holding on to him, and you'll be in a safe place. Is anybody hearing me this morning? I'm telling you, it's grace. We stand by grace. We are saved by grace. We serve by grace. Amen. We live by grace. It's the grace of God that's going to help us. The Bible tells me, the Bible tells me in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4, it said that ye are fallen from grace. The Bible tells me in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, lest any man fail of the grace of God. There's one that has fallen from grace. There's one that has failed of grace. One has fallen from grace. The other has failed of the grace. Fallen from grace, it seems, is forsook grace. But to fail of grace is when grace loses its effect. Amen. Some people just fall away from grace, but others, they have grace around them, but it has lost its effect in their life. And either way, grace is not fulfilling what the Lord intended for it to be. Friend, grace is going to continue in your life. You weren't just saved by grace, but you're kept by grace. You're walking by grace. You're living by grace. I'm preaching to you. Grace is not a cheap message. I've heard through the years sometimes Oh, you're just preaching a love message, a message about, uh, come on, preach something that'll get down to the meat and bone. I'm telling you what, you don't know what love of God is if you don't realize the love of God is the strongest thing this world has ever experienced. It kept Jesus on the cross. It made him not come down. It made him not to destroy those who was around him because he looked ahead in time and he loved you enough to say, I'll stay right here and I'm going to pay the price so that grace can make a difference in their life. Amen. Aren't you glad for the grace of God? Would you lift your hands to the Lord? Would you love him this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Ye who were dead in sins. You were dead in sins. 
God in his rich mercy, in his rich mercy, for which his great love wherewith he loved us. When we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Brother Axon, I've always heard of grace and mercy together. It is. Let me just share with you something about grace and mercy. Grace, my friend, is God giving you what you don't deserve. That's unmerited favor. Mercy. That's keeping from you what you do deserve. Did you hear what I said? That's mercy. There's not a one of us that deserve to be here today. And don't you ever forget, it's a privilege to be able to come to church. It's a privilege to be able to worship the Lord. It's a privilege to be able to be in his presence. It's a privilege to experience this great, great salvation. I often make reference in, to a scripture in the Bible. The Bible doesn't speak of just great salvation. It says, so great salvation. And I thank God for so great salvation. Not just salvation. Not just great salvation. But I can't find the ad- adjectives enough to describe how great and wonderful that salvation is. It's so great salvation. I'm talking to people today. You have the privilege and the honor to hear and to see and experience his presence. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you would be dead. You would be in your grave. And many of you would just about be forgotten by now. But you know what? The Lord said, I want him and I want her. And I'm going to give them my grace and I'm going to change them and I'm going to make them to be what I want them to be. Hallelujah. If you haven't experienced what I'm talking about today, I want you to know you can because salvation is still free. It's still free. The price has been paid and grace gives it to you. I don't deserve that. It's not a matter of you deserving anything. There's not a one of us deserves heaven. There's not a one of us that deserves God's goodness. There's not a one of us that deserves anything. But I'm going to tell you, you need it. You need his grace. And you need his mercy. And you need his blessing. Oh, if you're feeling all just wrapped and and swallowed up in, 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 in the thoughts of misery and life is awful. And I don't even, some people despair of life for things that have come to them. I'm going to tell you, if that's you have described You're in the right place this morning because you're in a place where there's grace. And where there's grace, there's mercy. And where there's mercy, there's love. And where there's love, I'm going to tell you the source is none other than Jesus Christ. He's provided it for you. I can't say enough about his grace. I can't say enough 
about his grace. Lord, I thank you this morning. I thank you for what I feel in my heart. And I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Lord, for your love. And I pray that somebody this morning would be willing to say yes to your grace and to your mercy.